My name is Tony, and I was in a cult for over a decade. And my name is Lindsay, and my sister was in a cult for over a decade. And now I'm out. Lindsay and my family helped get me out, and we have created a podcast. Playing in Traffic. We interview survivors of the Wimscog. We cover topics of healing and topics of all things about cults. So tune in, like, subscribe, whatever all that means, and enjoy the process of deconstruction. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. This is our disclaimer song. This is our disclaimer song. It's our opinion. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. If you didn't want us to make a podcast about you, then you probably shouldn't have started a religion where you brainwashed people and separated them from your family, so it's kind of your fault. But don't sue us. Don't sue us. You know who you are, so don't do it. Don't sue us. Hello, everybody. Hi. Playing in traffic. Episode gazillion, gazillion, gazillion. I don't even know what episode this is. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, ooh, hi guys. Okay, so in a minute we're gonna be interviewing um, Esperanza. But before she comes on, we wanted to do a few little uh, announcements. Okay. I almost died yesterday, guys. Tony and I were on the phone yesterday and I was trying to tell her a story and she just kept coughing. And I was like, bro, can you stop coughing so that I can finish my story? And then she said, I got to go clear my throat. I'll call you back in a little bit. And then I never heard back from her for a little bit, but I thought she just went back to work. Nope. I was choking on my chicken. <laughs> we got Chinese food for lunch at work. And I was so excited. And I scarfed it down as fast as I could. And I aspirated the food <laughs> into my lungs. And I had to go to the emergency room and... Um, luckily, I'm going to be fine. The prognosis is good, guys. I'm going to make it. But it was funny because we were talking this morning and Lindsay said, you almost died the same way Anzong Hong actually died. Yeah. <laughs> Eating his noodle soup. So I felt a big connection to him and I feel really sorry that he died that way because that was very scary. We need to be careful because they sued somebody in Korea for saying that he died from eating noodle soup. Well, because we were always told that he died of a stroke. Oh, an aneurysm. Yeah. We were always told that he died of an aneurysm, but that before that he had foretold his death in a news article. How saying like he would have to die when he was um, 40. Is that right? I can't really exactly remember, but anyway. Um, it's a whole big thing. So, okay, we have another crazy announcement. Netflix is about to drop a new series, you guys, and it's about Korean cults. And it doesn't talk about the Wimscog, but it talks about 
really bad, dangerous Korean cults. It's called In the Name of God, A Holy Betrayal. And that comes out, what, March 3rd? Yeah, March 3rd. It looks really good. I'm really excited. Look for that, you guys. Yeah. We were kind of sad to see that Wimscog wasn't in it, but these other cults in Korea look really crazy. And it looks very triggering, so be careful when you watch it. Yeah. Watch it slowly. Okay. Enjoy the episode, y'all. Okay, guys. We have Esperanza here with us today. We are so excited to talk to her. She was, she's a former member. She was in for about five years and she is from Colorado Springs Church. And um, I feel like we're going to know a lot of the same people and maybe be familiar with some of the same stories. And she was also arranged into a marriage while she was in the cult. So we are very excited to hear about some of the experiences and um, thank you for joining us Esperanza. Yeah, I am so excited to be here. Okay, Esperanza, I want to hear how did you find how did you join this uh, Wimscog? Yeah, so it's really interesting. Um, So I actually at the time I was, um, I had just turned 21. um, And I was doing what a 20 year old and I was like dating um you know in this age it's online so I had met a guy on like tinder um and he was actually ended up being a member of the church in Denver um and uh we dated for maybe like three or four months something like that um and as you know like if you're in the church like every person you meet like you're immediate, you're going to try to preach to them as soon as possible. So of course, like he did that to me. Um, and like at the time I, so I grew up really strict Catholic and I was like really involved. Um, then when I moved to Colorado, I felt really disconnected from the Catholic church. Um, I think like I grew up in New Mexico, so the culture there is just different. So here it was like, well, they don't play like Spanish guitar in church. I don't like this. Um, <laughs> so I was church hopping um, and he knew that. So um, you know, I, I was church hopping and he would tell me like, yeah, we're here, um, all day on Saturday and we do all of this together. And it was like, oh my gosh, like that sounds so fun. Like I want a church community. Can I ask you who you were, um, who you, who it was from Denver? Yeah, it was. His sounds familiar, but I think I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. And he recently like, so the last time I went to Denver with the church, just like now in 2022, I saw him and um, he is now married with a baby, like with another girl that he met off the internet and like brought into the church. That's what I was going to ask you. Did you feel like when you met up with him and started dating that he was on Tinder to find girlfriends? To, or to- I, I had very different viewpoints of him. Like, um while I was dating him versus after I joined the church and like learned the like truth and like the right mindset that you should have and I was like wow he's actually really worldly and like he's not doing the right things so um he actually so we were dating and then um we because we like lived in different cities and we were both very busy um I would see him like once a week we'd like go to dinner and stuff um And, you know, as I 
gotten more and more involved with the church and they obviously like wanted me there every day. Um, you know, I, I remember I was actually doing violin practice with the deaconess and um, she, I said, oh, I have to leave early today because I'm going on a date to see like a brother. And she was like, actually, that's not really good. <laughs> she, so, and then she was telling me like, oh, like if you're a gospel worker, you shouldn't really be dating and um, just all of these things. And so what I like went is that? Just curious, who's her husband? He's like an elder now. Yeah, uh, I know. That. Yeah. Is it yeah. that are there in Colorado Springs? They were, they moved to New Mexico and I actually got to like, when I visited my family in New Mexico and like, and I, you know, cause you gotta go to church. Um, I would go to the Albuquerque branch and saw them. When I talk about like my, like my main, like abuser, mm-hmm. I would say really, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Like from the beginning, she was the worst. It's so crazy. Cause she's such a tiny, tiny person. <laughs> She is a tiny person, but she is. Yeah, I was curious where they were. I was curious if they went to Australia because I heard that's where Pastor Daniel went. Um, yeah, I don't know about where Pastor Daniel went. I know they were in Albuquerque for a long time. Like, I I don't know where they are now though. I can't I can't really Ugh. speak on that. Yeah. Okay, I sorry. I just was curious. No, okay, so you're fine. so is so is he the one that they arranged you to marry? No. Okay. So, um, that might've been better. I, I wish. <laughs> oh. So, so he was the one that you originally were dating when you came in. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like he was like, he had been, I think in the church for like a few years, like maybe between like three to five, um, maybe more than that, five to seven. Um, and, but he was like, still really involved with his career I think it's kind of like military so like they you know you do have obligations like that that the church can't really you know mess with um and you know while we were dating too he would talk about like oh like investing and all of these things and like that's something that church members like are discouraged to do um so you know before I was part of the church so I was like oh wow like this is a good guy he's got his stuff together he's investing he's like building a career amazing he's really nice um he goes to church (laughs) um I'm looking for one of those and yeah so but then when I was here and going to the location here and you know he was in Denver um you know I got very involved here and I very quickly like my second week in the church started preaching I mean he had oh I should have said his name um, he preached to me over the phone, lesson of the fig tree, and I just cried so hard because it was like, I've always been so spiritual and um, always just like wanted to really know God. And um, so just hearing and, you know, growing with the Catholic church, I didn't super study the Bible, so I didn't really know a lot about it. And it was the first time, as we know, like you're hearing like history and the Bible and all these things like melding together. And it's so like, oh my gosh, this makes sense. And I'm like, what you mean to tell me that like I live in the time when Christ came, like this is amazing. And I was so happy. And it was, um, I was like, okay, like I'm coming to your church immediately. At the time, I didn't know that it was all over the world. Um, I just didn't grasp the concept of like, yeah, he came from South Korea, but like it's here in Colorado. <laughs> Um, and 
at the time, um, you know, he said, okay, yeah, well, you know, there's actually a location there. You can go in Colorado Springs. Um, so I was excited. Yeah, tell me where it's at. I'm going to Google it. And he's like, oh, no, don't do that. Because, you know, what happens, like, when you Google the church, especially a couple of years ago before they did all their stuff. Um, so he's like, I'm going to give them your number, and then they'll reach out to you, uh, and then you can go. And so it took them a couple of weeks to reach out to me. And I remember I was like texting him every day. I was like the ideal like <laughs> candidate for like a fruit because I was like on him, like I'm, I wanna come to your church. Um, and at the time the leadership was changing over, like the missionary and deaconess were moving over. So that's why there was a little lag in them reaching out. Um, but yeah, I got there and I didn't get baptized until after three days, but I went every single day, like right after work, after the first time I went, um, and yeah, got baptized, was there every day doing all the things. Um, and the more involved I became, the, I, I noticed like that conversation that I had with the deaconess, you know, about me going on a date with him once a week. Um, I noticed after that, he like kind of stopped talking to me and I'm pretty sure like, you know, what happens. I'm pretty sure that she talked to the leaders in Denver and was like, Hey, this member like bore really good fruit. The gospel work in Colorado Springs is really struggling. She's a good worker. He's a distraction. Like we need to like handle this situation. Um, and so he just like fizzled out and like, I didn't understand at the time. I was like, what the heck? This is weird. Um, but, you know, also in the same sentence, I was like so amazed and was like, I very quickly when I joined the church changed my whole life. Like at the time I was working um, at a TV station in town, which like for the church, they're like, oh my God, you work at a TV station. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like I had just bought a luxury car and I was 21 and um, I was I had really big goals that I was like chasing after and I was doing good. Um, but within a month of joining the church, I maybe it was two months, but I left my job and I started like working like my background. I did like pastry and stuff. So I started working in a bakery again, like starting at 4 a.m. And um you know, even then I started like cleaning houses to humble myself um, because I was so like, oh my gosh, I was like chasing after money and all of these things. And now I really need to like change my heart and really humble myself. So yeah, I was, um, yeah, started cleaning houses and um, it, yeah, uh, everything just changed so quickly. Um, but, you know, when you really believe that um, somebody is God, like, like if, if that were really God and legitimately like God was right in front of me and it was a hundred percent certain, like, yeah, I would, I'd follow him, <laughs> you know, but, um, it's, uh, yeah, just looking back and now realizing all of the, the tactics that, um, you know, are used in cults and for brainwashing, um, it's just in, in, incredible, like to, to have that realization. And, um, like, uh, I, I don't remember who asked me, was it Anthony or Chad? They said, what would you do if you thought you had 
that right answer and you were trying to get all of your family and the whole world to listen to you. Yeah, it's like they took your like real intention of wanting to follow God and they manipulated you. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. infuriating. Yeah, I know. And like, you know, also like obviously it can happen to anybody. Um, but like we all definitely like had some vulnerabilities, which is normal, like we're human beings. Um in our life that like they intrude on and take advantage of. And for me, that was, um, so like I'm adopted and then the family that adopted me, um, like my parents divorced and like my siblings all struggle with addiction and I'm just out here trying to like do my best. Um, and I was so hungry for just a sense of family in my life and like my family, we've never really been close and, um, I just, I wanted that so bad. And so like when I started going to the church every day and they were like, yeah, we have dinner together every night. It was like, oh my God, really? <laughs> I'm so excited. Right. Um, and I'm sure and, once and, they, they found out your family history, they probably kind of exploited that and used that against you, right? Like, yeah. oh, the, now we're your real family. Would they do that? Yeah. To you? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, exactly. They were like, oh yeah, like you're adopted and your parents didn't want you, but like father and mother, they, they want you. And it's, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. which like in the moment it's like, wow. It and feels like, good. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And like, I've done like lots of therapy as a kid, like clearly I'm a normal person and, um, it, it just, but you know, there's things that, um, just cause you like do therapy on your family doesn't mean like you don't still want a family. <laughs> um, so it, it just, yeah, I was just, I was so vulnerable in that aspect. And, um, I, in the moment I didn't realize, um, how vulnerable I was. So they definitely, um, wiggled their way into that. And then like, as you know, like when you become a leader in the church, um, and then, and you're a gospel worker, um, you then now looking back, it's like, wow, I was brainwashed to brainwash people. And I like, because also, you know, I, I did marketing and sales at the TV station. And so that was like ideal for like joining a cult because it's like, we want you to market and we want you to sell us. And that was my jam. (laughs) So were you good at it? Were you good at bringing in fruit? I was. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I hate that, like, I want to just say everything, but I hate that, like, um, they might listen and, like, try to use anything I say against me. And I hate that, like, that's still in my head because it's like, no, they're like, I hate that right now. Cause there's so much, I just want to like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's okay. I think we all feel like that when we're talking, yeah, you know, it's, oh my gosh. it's okay. It's just, we work through yeah. that. Yeah. They're going to be like, Oh, she's like boasting of herself. She's so mm. full of Satan. And you know, but no, like I was like, you know, they have like, they make it very public. Like they displayed in the church, like this is who sucks at preaching and this is who's like bringing in all the people. And I was always like bringing in all the people. So um, like, and at the moment I thought it was like a God thing, you know, where it was like, Oh my gosh, like, wow. God, God is, is really using me. Yeah. Like how, like who am I that like, 
you know, but it was like, no, like I had just worked in marketing and sales, you know, and communication for years. And, you know, then I'm intertwining that with like unknowingly learning brainwashing tactics and narcissism. And I, so, you know, I'm listening, you know, you listen to someone so intently and then you try to find like, oh, what's wrong with them and how can we use that against them? And it's that, and that's not me. That's not who I am. And even working like in sales and stuff, that's not like my style. Um, you know, I'm not, I wasn't like the sleazy car salesman type, but it, um, yeah. It, and gosh, I feel so bad about that. There's even people that I've talked to that like I got into the church that I was like, hey, I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, gosh, where was I? <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, this is so interesting. Um, so how long were you in before they arranged you to be married? Yeah. Okay. So it was six months. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was baptized in like January or February of 2018. And then, um, yeah, I was there every single day. Like I changed my job. I like dropped my friends. Um, I, you know, and cause it was like, you know, they make you think that your friends are Satan if they don't want to like come to the church or if they're in any way, like going against your new lifestyle. Um, so it was like, I felt like I couldn't trust my friends anymore. And um, it just, oh my gosh. Um, but anyway, then, so I just, you know, very quickly, like leaned on the church. Um, and I probably about four months in, um, the deaconess pulled me into her office and we were um, talking and she, you know, they so much love bombing, like, oh, you're so amazing. We really want you to be here. You do such good gospel work. Like, um, you know, and I remember she asked me, like, um, how long do you think before the world ends? You know, and now looking back at that question, it's like that they use that question to gauge, like, how brainwashed are you? Like, how much do you believe this? And what are you willing to do, depending on, like, what your answer is that tells us, like, yeah, she'll do anything or like, oh, it might take more work to get her there. Um, and so, and at that time, I think I said like, maybe like three to five years max, something like that. Um, and um, yeah, she was like, okay, that's really good. And then <laughs> she said, yeah, well, we, we really want you to live here at the church because at the time, like, I um, I had like a 30 minute commute to the church and then my job was also really far and I was like going to work at 4 a.m. working in a bakery, like staying at the church. At that time I was staying till like 11, 11.30, which isn't the latest, right? For <laughs> a gospel worker, going home at 11 is early. Um, and so I just was like miserable. I remember one day at the bakery when I finished, I took a nap on the like sacks of flour because I was so tired. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, so they were like, yeah, we, your situation is so difficult and we wanna make it easier for you. You know, God really wants to use you and we really want you to live here and like, we wanna work together more. And so I was like, okay, well, like, what does that look like? And she, you know, it was so like, 
manipulative and tiptoey and just very like, well, like, you know, when I asked, okay, well, what would that look like? She said, oh, well, you know, is that something that you wanted to? And it was like, yeah, no, that's like, that'd be amazing. Um, and so she was like, okay, like, we'll talk more. And so then like maybe a couple weeks passed and then she brings me back in and we talk about it again. And she, um, she said, okay, like, we think that like this date, like June 1st, you can like move in. Um, Cause they were like moving some other people out or whatever. Um, and I said, okay, great. Um, and my situation, like the house I was living in, I was like doing a shared rental home with friends. Um, that was like kind of fizzling out and I was gonna need to like find a place to live for a couple months before like moving to the church. And so I moved in with a, another friend and that like destroyed our friendship. And I hope one day that I can, she was amazing and I really miss her. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> you know the drill. Um, so, you know, then it was just all very like, okay, I'm moving here, but I like wasn't given information really. And then when it got like a month out, she said, um, okay, well, you know, you can't actually like really live here if you're single. It's just not really a good like spiritual situation because there's like, there's like, you know, brothers here and everything. So like, if you're single, it's not really good. You know, it can be like a distraction. And so like, and at the time, like, yeah, I was dating when I like went into the church and, but when I like the longer I was in, um, I very quickly was like, I want to be like Apostle Paul and never get married and just like suppress everything I've ever wanted. Um, <laughs> so um, I, that really wasn't my focus, but I did like tell her like, yeah, like it would actually be great to like be with somebody that like, you know, has all the same like goals here in mind, as long as they're like a really good gospel worker, that's all I care about because, um, yeah, and she was explaining to me, like, yeah, and, like, when you're married, you can, like, do so much more for the gospel together, and um, it's just will make easy your life easier because you can help each other. It's not so much of a sacrifice, um, everything like that, and I, um, you know, there really wasn't anyone in the church that I personally was attracted to, and it's not to say, like, anything about them, but it just, like, just not my type um and but she asked me like okay well we have this brother or this brother which one and I was like um uh so I picked the one that seemed like he had moved from another location and like um he seemed like quiet but like super devoted and dedicated and was like always there like always seemed to be like working hard and so I was like okay him like like it was strictly business for me because you know they tell you they're like you know God is the king and so we're all the princes and princesses and so I was like okay I'm a princess and like and there's arranged marriages and royal families and they tell you that too so I was like oh my god like I'm a princess <laughs> so 
<laughs> wow, they said that to you? They said that in a royal family, there's arranged marriages, so it's okay. Like, so it's yeah. part all natural. I've never heard that before, but it makes really? sense. Yeah. I like, and listening to your podcast and, and some others, and just hearing the different scenarios with the arranged marriages and how they were set up, like, I really do think that they, um, that they, they cater what they say very specifically to each individual person and what will affect them. So like, um, they knew I liked like makeup and jewelry and stuff like that. So they were like, you can be a princess. Okay. Arranged marriage. Good. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, Lindsay, will you take this out? Who were you arranged married to? Married to? Um, his found so much about him that they are, this is a whole can of worms, like the arranged marriage. Um, do you yeah. want to talk about it or? Yeah, you know what? I do. I really do. Okay. I want to. Yeah. Because um, I, the things that happened, I really could have. And I, I wish that I would have went to the police. Mm. Um, and I, I sometimes re regret not doing that. And so now this is my like, you know, this is what they did. Okay. Yeah. So. I, I said, okay, yeah, this one. Great. Sounds good. Um, and of course I was like nervous, but it was like, okay, yeah, this is my, this is my duty. This is like my blessing. And like, wow, how, how the end must be so close if I've only been here in six months and like, God is already making all these things happen. Like, so I just wanted to do as much as I could and whatever I could to, you know, earn as many blessings as you can before heaven comes. And um yeah so i had never spoken to him until the day that we moved in together and um let's just i'm just gonna take a moment also to talk about like the living situation like the the condition of the house um none of like the windows were sealed so there were so many bugs and everything in there and the the room that i that we were in was like there were so many, there was eight windows in there. So with all the cracks, it was so cold in the winter and so hot in the summer. Like I was always sick. Um, there were always bugs all over my clothes. Like there was, weren't closets in there. So we had like the clothing racks. Zion loves the clothing racks. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So every morning before I'd get dressed, I'd have to like look at my clothes and make sure there weren't like bugs in them. Um, and there was black mold all over the place. Like the water, um, especially in the kitchen, like didn't really work. And then like our washer and dryer was like always broken. Um, yeah. Did, did you guys pay rent to live there? Yeah, yeah. It was really cheap though. I mean, I paid like 300 bucks a month. Yeah. Um, yeah, one bathroom for one, two, three, four, five people. So, you know, I moved into this house and I'm like, it's a scary house, but I'm like, I'm so thankful. Like I get to suffer now. <laughs> like that's a big blessing in the church. And so um, then, um, yeah, I had never spoken to him and it, so yeah, we moved in together and they said, they said um, that day was really busy. And so they said, okay, tomorrow you guys have to go to the courthouse and get married, but spiritually you're already married. So, you know, it's okay. Um, okay. So like for me, 
like I mentioned earlier, like I wasn't particularly attracted, you know, and it was strictly like business for me. So I did not like the first night, I especially like, I did not want to like do anything. <laughs> That's um, like having sex with a stranger. It is. That would be so yeah, weird. A, a stranger that you like, because it, if you're like dating or whatever, like it, maybe at least you've talked to this person, you've texted and stuff. So you know some things about them and then you meet and if it happens, whatever. But like with him, it was like, yeah, no, I'd never spoken with him. I, I knew his first name and that's it. Um, and not even that, like, I guess what they called him in the church was like his nickname. And so he like told me his like real name the first day. And it was just so, I remember like the first night, like I had got, they like told me to go home early because they were like, oh yeah, first night together, go home early. Um, and I remember like sitting on the bed and like he wasn't there yet but I was like, cause the room was small. Like if you're in there, you're either like actively like getting ready. Cause there's just space to like deal with your clothes and whatever, or you're like on the bed, like there's not room. So like I was sitting on the bed and um, it's not like I was like laying there waiting for him. Like, Oh, hello. <laughs> so but I'm just sitting on the bed and like my body was like shaking. I was like afraid. <laughs> Yeah, um, I can't even imagine that scenario. I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, oh my god. I've never like talked about that first night like out loud. This is um interesting, but um yeah, he got there and like but he like they told me that he was a virgin also. Um and so I was like, okay, like I guess that's good. I don't I don't know. Um like I like at the time you don't even want to talk with like the leaders about like sex and stuff like that because it's like um you know you feel like you're gonna be in trouble if you even say that word um so I was just like oh okay cool he's a virgin um <laughs> and then um and you're like as a female that doesn't hold the same kind of clout for us that like oh yay my husband's gonna be a virgin but for me I wasn't even like concerned about any of that like the whole like romantic part of a relationship I was like this is like business we're here to do the gospel work or whatever and so um but after like meeting him it it was very different like his Oh my God, there's so much like, <sighs> basically that first night, I didn't want to do anything. And I like with him in that sense. And I felt like so pressured by him. Hold on. He pressured you, but you guys hadn't even really like had conversations. You guys didn't even. Yeah. No, we talked for maybe like an hour or two, like just sitting there on the bed. And like, I remember he said like, oh, um, um, you know, oh, they probably told you like, I'm a virgin. And I was just like, yeah, it's okay. Um, like, I didn't really want to talk about that. <laughs> like, I just met you. Um, and yeah, he just started like trying to like make moves on me. And it was very awkward. Um, and I was like, oh, like I, I didn't really want to do anything tonight. Like I'm, I was just like, I just met you. Like, you know, I know we're like married, but like, 
Um, and he was like, oh, um, it's okay. Like, like he, I think he thought that I was thinking that he would be afraid to or didn't want to because it was a virgin and maybe it was his first time. Um, and like, I don't, I don't know if now, now after everything, I don't know if I believe that he was a virgin. I can't say a hundred percent just off of like things that happened. He ended up like, just to like, put it lightly, he was like, I, an average night during that marriage was I would try to stay at the, like we, we're expected to stay at the church really late, but I would try to stay even later because I didn't want to go home and like be with him. Um, because it was like, he just always wanted me to like perform sexual things for him. And I like, and if I was like, as you know, like you're so tired when you finally do get home and, um, you lay down and you like instantly fall asleep. Um, but it was like, and if I told him like, oh no, like I'm tired or I really like, if it, is it okay? Like, can we not? Um, he would like get so angry. He had like really bad anger issues and it did get to points where he would like not get physical with his hands, but he had like thrown things at me. And like, there were nights where just to say the least like it was a very abusive relationship and I like it was just strictly business for me and like for example on like Sundays as you know like in the morning um you have a little bit more time before you're expected to be at the church you can like maybe sleep in a tiny bit um but like I hated those mornings because I was like there with him and then he like when it was time to go to the church he would like lock the door and like to the bedroom and try to like keep me there and like oh no, like, it's fine. We can go like 30 minutes late. Like, let's just do this instead. Like, and I was like, no. And, and like the deacon used to come and knock on our bedroom door, like, hey, like, come on, like, get out. And I like, and he would be like, no, sh like, don't say anything. Like, so he would be like, keeping me hostage in this room. And I'm like, so, and like, at that time, I was like, the church is like my saving grace, because like, I like, I can't wait to just, like, go. So I loved being, like, at work or at the church. Like, I didn't want to be home with them. And, like, for me, though, too, it was all, like, duty. And then, you know, they drill in your head so much that um, anything bad that happens to you in your life is because you're such an ugly, terrible, disgusting sinner, and you deserve all of it, and you need to just endure it. And so I thought, like, wow, I must really suck because this sucks. <laughs> And so, and then I thought like, oh, like it, then it's just my duty to like serve him or whatever. So like, I just would, and I would try to like, because also he had really bad anger issues. I didn't want him to like be angry. And so I would just try to like keep the peace. I would keep my mouth shut. I would like, and even like there was a, there was a night that it was pretty bad. And the next day I had shared with my like, you know, first in line leader, in a command. Um, and was just like hey like these things are kind of happening and she was like yeah well you know eve sinned before adam did so like as women you just have to submit um and 
like you know you believe that this is coming from god so it was just like oh okay so then i just like it's like you're in an abusive relationship within an abusive relationship yeah yeah oh my god i'm so sorry esperanza that I am so angry. It's like, well, it's seriously, I, I think, isn't that considered kidnapping when somebody holds yeah. you against your will like that? Yeah, it gets worse. It gets worse. Oh, um, did he have a position of leadership in the church or was he another, just yeah. another? He, he did. Was, we were, we were both um, uh, unit leaders. Yeah. Do you think um, that the ch- church knew about his abusive behavior? So here's the thing, like, Um, and I'll explain like what happened and like how it ended. Um, thank God. But like, and when it did though, when I like went to the overseers about everything, um, the deaconess was like, oh yeah, like he's really has anger issues. And like, you know, actually in Oklahoma, he was like always begging us to partner him and that he really just wanted to be married and he like wouldn't leave me alone about it here. And so I was like, are you kidding me? So I I just was like, okay, you took me, somebody who was just so like, I really believe this was God. I just wanted to do what God wanted me to do and like had such, you know, quote unquote strong faith. And they were like, okay, yeah, this guy is annoying us let's just put her with him so that like he shuts up my group leader tells me like oh you know you can poor adam yada yada so just submit i was like okay so i put up with everything i just like continue on and during this time like i was at the same time like i was bringing in all this fruit and like i was the the main like bible teacher like the person that they gave everybody to who was new to like brainwash them um and it just, so I, I thought like, okay, like I'm overcoming, I must be doing a good job overcoming my suffering because I'm also having all these blessings and I'm bearing all this fruit. And so this is just the right way to do things, I guess. Um, this is, you know, and during that time though, like, you know, we're doing construction on the church and then I have this, like, so we're staying like with that, it's crazy. And then I've got this like abusive situation at home that I hate. And then I also have a full-time job. Um, and like i was fired from a job for the first time in my life like i and that's like i hate that for me and it's okay to be fired like you know not saying anything it it just like i've always been a really good employee and a good worker and um, no being fired is a weird feeling you're like wait yeah, it is and i like I remember when they fired me I like cried to them and I was like I'm so sorry like this was not my intention like this isn't me like I really apologize I hope you find someone great like it was because I would like walk in five minutes late and like obviously I'm just trying to like function like just stay alive at that moment and um much less like try to help them advance their business or whatever like and it was just like a receptionist job at the time um I also ended up getting fired from the house cleaning job because the girls there complained that I was like weird and um you know because it like the church makes you so socially awkward like you are so afraid to like talk with people because you don't want to get involved with worldly conversation but you're also trying to like engage with them because you want to find opportunities to preach 
And so you're just so super weird to everybody. <laughs> and so like the girls come and like, they complained that I maybe was like not as fast or that I seemed to be like always tired, which is like, yeah, you're right. Um, and so like, I got fired from that job too. Um, and, and the thing about that too, is like, I remember a few times when they were giving like education and they would be like, you know, why, why do you guys make the church? Why do you make it seem weird? Why do you go up? Like, why are you being like, you know, shy or weird and, and making it seem like you, do you know what I mean? And like, and it's like, what do you mean? Like now looking back, it's like, because it is weird. Like, let me bring you to this place where everybody's going to be watching you and they're going to know all about you before you even get there. And they're, we're going to herd you in like, you know, it's all planned and prepared and like nothing you say is private. Like I completely relate to you and that socially awkward and like being even now, even now I still feel so do you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm working on that. Yeah. I've gotten better, but I like at work. Oh my gosh. I like, (laughs) um, yeah. I'm so awkward. Um, Me too. Like I'm so awkward. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We'll get better. We'll get better at it. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> yes. Um, I think we're doing great right now. So that's yes, fun. I think um, so too. I think so too. Yeah. Um, and then um, yeah. So then I it just continues for months more. And then um, then COVID happened. Um, and my job was you know work from home now. Um, and then he was like he was like never working. Um, it was just weird. But, um, so basically then I was home all day with him all the time. Um, and it was just not, didn't love that for me. Mm. <laughs> um, not about all the women in abusive relationships during COVID. My heart was like, uh, so sad. like, Oh my gosh. So yeah. awful having to be stuck in the house with an abusive partner right now no situation oh my gosh yeah and like he wasn't like no I'm not gonna say that because it's like me giving him an excuse I he's I know there are like worse abusers out there but like he was abusive for sure um it's hard that's part of it is to acknowledge that you were abused because that's also psychologically a hard hurdle to to jump over say I was a victim of it or um I'm a survivor of it yeah yeah and like I I don't think that like I I don't think that the the church like you know intentionally like puts people in abusive relationships this just happened to be my situation and they didn't help like so I'll, I'll continue and like explain what happened. So, um, you know, I stay with him and like, obviously I was like, well, this is just my duty. This is my, like my thorn as they call it. They always say like, as a gospel worker, you have like a thorn in your side that like, you just have to deal with it. And it's the thing that makes you suffer as you're doing the gospel work and you just put up with it. Um, and so that was my thorn. Um, and then though like COVID happened and um 
the church wasn't closed down yet. Like the big shutdown didn't happen. Like it was just very fresh. But um, one morning I was like getting ready and I just felt like weird. I just felt like he was looking at me. Like, it just, I, so I turned around and he had his phone like this and like quickly, you know, pulled it down. Um, like he was taking a picture of me. And so I was like, oh, are you taking a picture of me? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Like I wasn't taking a picture of you. Um, I said, okay, well, let me see. And he was like really hesitant. And like, I don't know how I managed to like let him see, let me see his phone like crazy, but I was able to like let him give me his phone and I like went to his picture and he was like, oh, okay, okay. Like it was just one. And, but then he like quickly tried to grab his phone out of my hand and was like, but that's it, but that's it. And I was like, wait a minute, like, why are you being so weird about it? And also like, why are you taking a picture of me? Like, I, like, I know we're like married, but that's weird. Um, and cause it's like, if you're in an actual real relationship and like, you know, you take pictures of each other or whatever, like it's usually like consensual, like, oh, let me take a picture of you. Like you look amazing or whatever. Um, and so uh, I was like, well, let me see. It's like, there's no other pictures, just let me see. And like, I think he really thought that I was dumb and he would tell me that like every day. So he didn't think that I would find what was on his phone, but he had one of those like, you know, those apps that um, you can have like a lock on them and then you can keep like files and stuff. He had so many pictures of me in there, like pictures of me while I was sleeping. Like he had, I found pictures of me that were in there that he took at the church before we were married. I, yeah, I felt like so violated. Like I, that was, I was just so shocked. Um, and I, I told him like, you really need to delete all of these. Like, I, this isn't okay. Um, what did he said, you do? What did you, were, did you find these when he wasn't around you or did you see him no, like? he was right there. Like we, I, like it was just he and I in our like bedroom at the house. Um, and, you know, he was like, this was like, oh my gosh. He, I, he said, well, you know, the Bible says that a wife should, should submit to her husband. So if you let me do what I want, father and mother will be pleased with you. And I said, like, you know, I, I'm happy to like work together and help each other, serve each other for the gospel work. But I don't think that, I don't think that gospel work, like, <laughs> um, you know, and he got very angry, like threw an item at me. Um, I don't even like in this, like I still like I've like played this moment through my head and I don't even remember how I got out of the house. And like, I don't even remember. Um, oh, I, I feel like it was, I don't know, maybe a Sunday. And I think I was going like shopping with Deaconess that day. Um, we did that a lot. And I ended up like telling her everything and she was like um she was like 
oh, okay, like, that's really not a good situation. Like, we really need to get him out of the house. Like, we can't have somebody, like, doing that inside of the, the church like that. Um, and so I was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and she said, um, she said, you know, and this was when I found out that they knew about his anger issues. She was like, yeah, but he's like really angry. So we really need to be careful, like how we handle the situation. So you just need to really trust me and I'm going to help you get away from him, but you just need to trust me. And so she like, you know, told missionary and then the next day, you know, talked with me and she told me like, you know, missionary doesn't really want to do anything because like, as you know, on people know about their arranged marriages in the church. And like, if this got out, like it would have been really ugly for them. Um, and so in your head, were you like, if he murders me, that will be really bad for you guys too. Also. <laughs> It'll be a little bit worse. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Um, it's crazy because, like, everyone saw him there as, like, the quiet, sweet brother, you know? Um, I was so thankful to her, actually. Because in, in that moment, I was like, really? You're telling me that my thorn can be removed from my side? <laughs> like, um, and then I was so worried, too. I was like, well... Like, is it okay to be divorced? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, what is, and she was like, she's like, I can't really say, but if that were me, like, I couldn't really put up with that situation. So like, I don't know how you could handle that situation and do the gospel work. Like we need to get rid of him. Like we need to get rid of him. Um, but we need to be careful. So just trust me. I was like, okay. So she like, then the next day came to me and was like, okay, um like missionary doesn't want like I never talked with the missionary like the overseer about the situation just like the deaconess overseer's wife because he didn't want like any involvement he was like yeah we arranged this marriage but like I'm not dealing with that because he didn't want and she very specifically told me she was like we don't want it to look like the church was involved with your marriage um <laughs> I have some, I have a few questions. Um, yeah. um, okay. Um, did the missionary, is he the one that actually married you? So we didn't have a marriage at the church. We just went to the courthouse and came back and then he just signed our marriage license. So there was his no, name, like, his name is, there was license. no like now kids. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his yeah. name, your certificate. Yeah. <laughs> um, you talked about how in order to like live in the church you had to be married is that the church so was that was it a house church that you guys were in so um the church so here is the parking lot and on one side is the church and the other side of the parking lot is a house that also belongs to the church oh my god that's so crazy that's in a way it's like a little compound don't you guys think the way that they keep people yeah. in like little houses like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for damn, sure. Damn. Um, I felt when Tony lived in the Denver church, when mm -hmm. she was there, and and I saw the room that she lived in, I was like, this is crazy. And like, there were so many other rooms that I was like, are all these rooms yeah. filled with little tiny families just like living in these closets? It's well, just, it reminds me because yeah. we all, we had a lot of bed bugs because there was a lot of people living in small places. Uh, we had a lot of lice. Uh, uh, you know. 
we had like cold rooms like you described there were sometimes when there was no hot water you know mm-hmm. and then you just kind of accept it and you're like oh wow father mother suffered so much so i'm experiencing their suffering yeah like i love this cold shower that i'm taking oh my god <laughs> yeah. With okay. black mold everywhere yeah yeah um, okay now i kind of understand this a little bit better thank you yeah no problem um so yeah, then what so- happened 